Hello. Hi, Merlin. How are you? I'm fine, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, can't complain. Pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. Can't or won't? Won't. Oh, you can complain here. This is a safe space. Yeah, hmm. but there's it, no one wants to hear it. Pick, That's the pick thing. one. Okay, pick. I don't know if it's a lot of things or one thing. Can you pick one thing you want to complain about? Uh, I'd like to complain about Microsoft Windows a little bit. Oh, oh, you. Okay. All right. Thank you. This, because, you know, there's a thing you do where you send me a photo sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's all you send is yeah. a photo. Well, you know, sometimes if, if I feel like if I'll send it to you and this is like, you know, when you're back in the old days when we used to watch regular TV and you'd flip channels and if you'd, you'd be flipping channels and you'd look and you'd see something. And if that thing was cool, you might pause on that channel to watch it a little bit. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, when the, when the remotes got fast, like with a good cable box, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like what's happening on QVC? You know what I'm saying? They're selling katanas. I want to check this out. That's right. So it's, you know, but if you're not interested, Mm -hmm. you keep going to the next channel. So I feel like if I send you something and it whets your appetite a little bit for, for, there's an interest there, a genuine interest. You'll be like, what dad? Or, oh okay. boy, what are you doing now? But whereas if you don't say anything, I figure, oh, he's not interested. I don't want to bother. Merlin's a busy man. He no. doesn't have time for no, stuff no. that doesn't really pique his interest. Oh gosh. Wow. I, I um, no, I'm just very easily confused. Um, <laughs> very, very, very easily confused. And I'm not, as I say, Dan, I'm not busy. I'm, I'm time constrained. And, and sometimes it's, it's difficult you know, uh, you know, a thing happens. A thing happens. A uh, phenomenon that I can't explain. I like assume ghosts some or kind something. Of, it's like ghosts. It's a lot like a haunting. Uh-huh. There's a thing that happens <laughs> usually in the afternoon, all day long. Doop to doop, nothing happens. Right. I listen to, to 45 podcasts during the day. I'm sitting on my butt. Sometimes I talk into a mic. Sometimes I drop a duke. I drink a bunch of seltzer. I'm hanging out, and then <laughs> something happens. <laughs> So, this is not this is not about you. This is about the world right. of which you are a part. But this is very much about the world. Where suddenly I'm doing a thing I have to do. Usually involves something with my child, and where I'm trying to pay attention, like crossing a street, b- buying an ice cream. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, tip tip in a hobo. Like whatever it is, I'm doing right. a thing. I get, blah, 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 blah. I get all the pops, and, ha, 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 ha. and my my phone's all lit up. It's it's illuminating the hobo title. Right, and right, I right. I don't know. I I don't I don't know from from uh, responses. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And now I got to do triage where I got to go through. I'm almost done. And then and then I'm like, I'm like, what's all this then? You know, I'm like a Bobby. Yeah. And and I want to know what's all this then. And then and then I got to go kind of sort through it. And then I got to say, uh, I got I got some responses. My responses are often, ha ha. Um, one is haha. Uh, another one is uh, common one is yikes. Um, and another one is uh, oh boy. And these are the kinds of things that I can uh, type quickly. Now, now it's been said. I don't know who said this, but I heard it said when I was a child. They say a picture's worth a thousand words. Now you sent me a photograph that I'm going to say is worth nine words. And the nine words are getting things ready. Please don't turn off your PC. Right. And then there's a there's a blue screen. And so right. that is the channel that I landed on, and there's no katana. <laughs> no. Um, it looks like, I'm going to say, you're having a problem with your Windows running computer. Is that related to your yes. beef today about yes, Windows? Yes, yes. So if I take a step back, I'll first tell you about my dilemma, which may or may not be interesting to users, uh, listeners, rather. Users of the program are listeners. Cons- consumers? Consumers. Consumptions. <clears throat> 
<laughs> and also <laughs> I, I was looking at affiliate programs uh, and, uh, and there's, a, there's a website out there, cj.com, which stands for Commission Junction. I remember this. Oh okay. my gosh. Do you know what I was calling it when I was talking to my colleague who I was asking? Of course I do. To, of course you know, I do. Consumption course Junction. I oh, see, I was going to say Conjunction Junction, but you, you yes. made it funnier. Consumption Junction was some what's kind your, of- What's your function? Like 90s, uh, like, um, what were those those websites? Like something awful and those kinds of things. I think it was oh, like a frat, a, fr- a frat boy- pranking nudity site or something. Anyway, yeah, I'm just getting, be, uh, guessing. All, all so. about the laws. But you know, that's that stuff uh, seems like the, the critique of pure reason uh, mm. compared to like Reddit today. Critique you know? of pure reason. Also, I think something awful, I think you had to pay to join. I think they were early in that. <laughs> no, no. So, I think so you're they, right. I think you're right. I, th- I, th- I think they uh, filtered out the dinglings with money. You know, which is not a bad idea. No, we should so, do so, something so, like that here. So c- conjunction, commission, commission junction. Well, I was looking at that. Anyway, that's a, beside the point, but I was, okay. um, I was in a situation where, okay, let me just t- take a step back. I have what I think, and I'm going to, I'm working on a video about this thing because I'm obsessed with it. I think it is the best audio interface. I won't say for all podcasters, but I'll say for for so many applications, it's by a company called Universal Audio. I've been using Universal Audio stuff for probably about five, yeah, I would say about four or five years now I've been using it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to have a rack-mounted uh, system called the um, oh, Apollo. You sent me a screenshot of this. Yeah. And when, you were, when you were hyping their uh, box dingus, you sent me your like wall of, it, it almost looked like rack boxes. Yes, yes, yes. The interface. Yes. Yeah. And, and I consolidated a lot of that down to just using the Apollo. It was so great. And, and then I've consolidated even more. They have a new device out now called the Arrow. Maybe I'll add that to, to show notes mm-hmm. later. Sure. But it is, um, it's not cheap. I think it comes in around 500 bucks. It's got two inputs for separate microphones. Um, if you're a guitarist, it also has a guitar input that you can use directly. And what makes this great is, of course, it, it in and of itself has its own wonderful preamp, but it's the preamps and effects and stuff that Universal Audio has engineered. They are known for their plugins. And what they do is they'll take... Uh, a regular piece of studio equipment. It could be a wonderful preamp for voice or for a guitar or for some other instrument, just amazing, amazing preamps and effects and de-essers and compressors and things like that. And they'll model the real world ones. They'll take them and they'll recreate them virtually so that then you can, if your favorite plugin or if your favorite amp is this 1970s tube amp that you just fell in love with, you can get that amp and it's you, you want to get a JCM in a box. Like that's you want right. your own little bespoke Marshall. Is this thing Jim Dalrymple has? Yeah, he yeah, he loves the Apollo stuff too. But they also have wonderful Apollo. voice amps and things like that oh, that you man, can get I'm too. So interested in this. You get them and of course they cost they cost money, but they give you, I think they give you like 150 bucks toward them. And and there's one called Neve, there's another one that's by API. But these are the kinds of things if you if you went into a professional recording studio today, the amps that people would use there, you can get them modeled on these lovely little devices that are just, and it's as close, if not the same, I mean, 
I wonder if we were to test it, record something through the real one and the virtual one, if, if even an audio engineer could tell the difference, they're fantastic. But, uh, so I consolidated down to this one called the arrow, which is this much smaller one. And I've been using it now for months. I don't know if it's been a, it hasn't quite been a year. It's been many, several months that I've been using it. And it's the same exact preamp and configuration that I used in the big old one that was rack mounted, but I, uh, it's a much smaller package. Now here's where we get into the, the nitty gritty of why I'm having to even look at windows. Mm-hmm. And that is this arrow is, uh, it's a Thunderbolt three <gasps> device. Oh, okay. Sorry. 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 Brain fart. Mm. This is the thing you were, so there was the one of the, there's a version of this that you were showing me that's crazy simple, like simpler even than this arrow that I'm looking at here. And I think you said, did you not say in passing your qualm is that you had to do some pokery jiggery with, I think, firmware? Didn't you have to do, is this the one you had to do something to it to make it work with a Mac? No, this one works uh, great with a Mac right out of the box. Okay, sorry, sorry. Maybe you're thinking that keyboard. Oh, you're right, it says so here, Thunderbolt 3 audio interface. Yeah, and so it's it's wonderful because it's bus powered, which means you don't need additional cables. It makes it super portable. It just plugs right into your Mac or your PC and it it just works. But the downside to this thing is... Uh, and you can see my mic cable going in the back of it and the headphone cable in the front. It's got two headphone jacks and, or one in this one, but it's got outputs. So you can use the outputs as headphone jacks and control the volume and blah, blah, blah. It's wonderful. But it, because it's Thunderbolt three, obviously you need to plug it into a Thunderbolt three computer. And this had been fine because in my previous little office, the 130 square foot office, Uh, that was fine because literally everything was on my desk. Everything had to be on my desk. There was no room for anything but the two desks in that room. It was horrible. Now I have a bigger space. It's not huge, but I have a separate room to record in. And then, uh, and so it's set up that I can record in a separate room. However, I didn't even think about this, but now that I moved everything into this separate room, I don't have anything to plug this Thunderbolt three device into anymore. Because oh, right. my computer, my iMac is in the main room where everything happens. And then this, this is a separate room. So I don't actually have a computer to plug this stupid thing into anymore. So I've been looking at uh, what my options are. And yes. That's, and that's going to be, a, as I say, a, a, a big lift. Yes. Because you would have to, if you try to accomplish that with adapters, cables, and dongles. Oh, oh yeah. My. You can you can get. So I have an older Mac Mini. I could get a Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 2 kind of adapter and then find one that also has power because it's bus powered. And UA mm. Universal Audio says this might work, but it's going to mm. cost three or 400 bucks to do that. I'm not do doing that. Do I have Thunderbolt 3 on my 2015 iMac? No. Probably not. No, you've oh, got crap. Thunderbolt right. 2. The, the uh. Thunderbolt, and what makes Thunderbolt 3 confusing is it's actually a USB-C looking it looks like usb-c but it's thunderbolt 3 i know freaking confusing no it's horrible so but they're but they're not the same they're they're not not, no i've learned this from our friend marco arment things that have that look the same sound the same (laughs) like they're so not the same and this is one reason why it's so hard to find a um a uh what's the word i'm looking for like a, a splitter yeah, like a multi, like there's all kinds of things that are very particular to all those little dot revisions exactly. inside the various standards. That's all meaningful. And and what makes it super confusing is if you, if I just showed you a USB-C 
device uh, cable and a uh, Thunderbolt three cable, you'd say, well, they look the same and Mm -hmm. both of them fit in the same one. Of course you can plug USB C devices uh, into a Thunderbolt three port and they work great, but you can't Mm -hmm. do the other way around. So my Mm -hmm. choice was either sell this arrow that I love and get an, a universal audio. Uh, what is it called? It is the, um, not the arrow, but it is the Apollo. I think it's the twin Mark two audio, uh, the twin Mark two at for a nine, eight, 900 bucks. Oh, which geez, I don't want to, I don't want to buy that. Cause I have something that works or I can Ugh. find a computer that this will work with like a, what a new Mac mini for 800 bucks. I don't really want it just for that. So my son, ever since I got him the switch, he has completely stopped using his windows gaming PC. No more PC gaming. No, he has not touched it and has not wanted to touch it because he prefers, he prefers a Mac and they use Macs at school and mm-hmm. he prefers hmm. his sort of, his choice would be, Try it on the iPad. If it doesn't work, we got to use the computer. So we have an older um, MacBook Pro 13 inch that's probably three or four years old that is is sort of the family computer that he uses when he needs to use a computer. And uh, and and so he's had this gaming computer that he was really into for a while, and it caused so many problems because I don't even want to go into what the problems were, but it wasn't right. And we got him the Switch, and he loves the Switch. So the other day I said, when was the last time you used that computer? He said, oh, it's probably been two years since I even touched it. And I said, I, I think I have something I could use it for at work. He said, oh, that would make me happy because I'm not using it and I feel bad. And I said, okay, anything you want me to save? He said, well, just save my Subnautica save files off it. Anything else? You can. He's like, even if you can't get them, it's okay. Just save those for me if you can. And I said, all right. So I brought it into work and I backed up his Subnautica files. And this is a Dell Alienware desktop computer that's what this thing is and okay. it has a alienware is in particular a video game place right they make yeah they centric alien PCs. alienware made video game centric pcs for many years very successfully and then they were acquired by dell so it's still alienware and they like have different cases and and they look cool and they have a little the button that you press to turn it on is is the head of a gray alien which i take issue with but you press mm-hmm. the head of the gray alien to boot it up and it, it has its own like customized stuff. It has like, it's for gaming, but anyway, uh, in part of the process of these PCs is there is this option where you can reset. This is actually a nice thing to see on the PC side. We've had this on, on Macs for some time. And I, I imagine it's been around the PC side too, which is you can essentially boot into another mode that then allows you to, just like we have on the Mac, the safe recovery mode or boot mode or whatever you want to call that thing, where you can mm-hmm. restore the copy of the operating system that is shipped with this, this yes. they have this on windows as well. And you can boot into this mode and then you can pick it and you can essentially it for reformats the hard drive and reinstalls windows and all of that, which is nice because unlike on the Mac windows, every copy of windows has to have a license and a key and all of this garbage. And they and also, like, is it's like tied to the Mac address. It, it's tied to something and you can't install it more than once or twice without there being a problem. And then you get a call. I thought, we Microsoft, that. I thought that was an early eighties thing. Yeah, it's still there. It's still there wow. with okay. the Mac. Any Mac can run. If it's compatible, you can run the Mac OS on it. No problem. It just works. It's great. Of course on the Windows side, it's a little bit trickier, but 
it wasn't so bad. However, it took, it took, and this is the kind of thing, like you imagine somebody at home, a regular person who just wants their computer to work. So here's the experience. You boot up into this thing. You pick the option to restore it. It does its little song and dance where it copies everything down. It reinstalls the operating system and it reboots. And you think it should just work at that point, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't. The first time it comes up with the, the, there's actually, and this is a weird thing that Windows 10 does, is it doesn't show you like a sad face or a sad emoji. It shows you the uh, the actual like smiley, the, the frowning smiley with the colon and the hyphen and the uh, open parens. It gives you an emoticon. An emoticon. Hmm. Of they a could sad face. Some, they could afford something nicer. And it has a QR code also on the screen. And, then, and it says, yes. Uh. And then it says, we had a problem starting your computer. We're going to try again. And so it just was stuck in that mode over and over again. So somehow I managed to get back into the recovery mode and force it to reinstall again. And it did it and it worked. But then... It kept booting up and it would show for a split second the first screen where you're like, pick your country, enter your zip code, that kind of thing. And then as soon as you would do anything, a little dialog box would come up and say, Windows was unable to uh, complete the installation. Please restart the installation again. I don't have any media to use. I don't have a way to get back to the recovery screen again. I don't have a way to do anything again. So after just letting this thing reboot over and over again, I said, fine, I'm going to go into the BIOS. You remember the BIOS? Finally, you go into the BIOS and just on a lark, I said, you know, I, it looks like there's two different Windows boot partitions that it can see right now. I'm just going to pick the other one. Even though there's mm-hmm. no obvious difference between the two, I'll just pick the other one. Why not? So I picked the other one and now it works. It goes through the installation. Fine. The computer's running fine. Tell me about something you like. I would like to tell you about Grammarly. Grammarly? Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. And they encourage everyone, even the best students, Merlin, and the top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. And it is, so essentially, what is this? It is a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter. Yeah. That's, that's how, what it how is. You gonna be, how are you going to be a top executive if you can't word? And people say, well, I'm not always sitting there writing in a a writing application. Sometimes I'm using a browser. That's fine. They've got browser extensions. They've got a desktop editor. They've got a mobile keyboard checker. You can take Grammarly with you. You can use it the way that you want to use it. Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, iOS, Android, Windows, Mac. They've got amazing functionality built into every single one of these that simple things like you won't make typos on your phone anymore, but you're also going to get so much more than just basic typo stuff because the way and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this actually works. You know, they do television commercials where they actually show how it works. It's amazing. It's not the kind of thing where it puts a squiggly line under some text and says, this word doesn't make sense here. It actually understands. It's like, almost like ha- having an able person like standing over your 
shoulder going, don't do that thing. Right. It, it actually will help you because it understands the context of what you're doing. What you're, Are you doing a business proposal? Are you writing an academic essay? Are you just doing a casual blog post? It understands that. And, and really to get that kind of understanding, what you want to look at is Grammarly Premium because of course that's doing the regular spelling and grammar stuff that the regular Grammarly does, but it then does advanced punctuation. It understands structure, style within context. It has vocabulary suggestions. It'll, it'll uh, make suggestions for conciseness, for readability. All of this stuff is built into the Grammarly Premium and it is totally amazing. You would be shocked. For me, I write a lot of code, but I write a lot less prose. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm writing a lot less than I used to. It is amazing to me how rusty I've gotten and Grammarly can make it sound like you're a professional writer, no matter how often you're writing. It's absolutely genius. And I use this thing now all the time, even if I'm just using it for emails, because I want the emails to sound professional. I, it makes a huge difference and it's great. I think this is great for students. It's great for professionals. You can learn more by going to Grammarly and it's spelled G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y, grammarly.com slash back to work. And you'll get 20% off your Grammarly premium account. So go check it out. Grammarly.com slash back to work. 20% off your premium account. Because that's what you really want. That's the one you, that you're going to love. So go there and check it out. And thanks very much to Grammarly for making this episode of Back to Work Possible. Merlin Mann. Thanks, Grammarly. Buck, buck. I just don't, I don't understand how they can be so far behind what Mac had decades ago. Decades ago is the thing is that I, I, I had a Google BIOS because I do remember people talking about this. But okay, so just this is an honest question. Um, this is not a bit. Um, is the kind of thing <laughs> that the, the thing that you are attempting to do right here? Um, how exotic or power user is the thing that you're trying to do? I only say that because, for example, like you could say to somebody um, something I'm going to talk about in a little bit is like, I need to download YouTube videos. And of course, you could say to somebody, oh, there's this amazing thing for that. I think it's called one a lot of people like it's called YouTube DL. Just get that. And somebody would go out and look for that and be like, wait a minute. I don't understand. How do I, where, where do I click to install this? And you're like, oh, it's something you install and then like manipulate using the terminal. And you're like, well, that really wasn't a fair suggestion because that's not an app that I can just get. But you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a thing you can do. And what I'm trying to say here is, is what you're trying to do like an, an exotic asterisk kind of use of a PC, or is it like something that like a garden variety of user can and should be able to do without this level of forensic examination? That is a fantastic question. I don't really know I, the I answer. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's early. Um, because, I mean, if you were to, if you were, for example, let's say that you wanted to repurpose your PC for any reason, maybe it was your kid's PC at home that he decided not to use and now you're taking it to work. You don't really want all of his customizations and installed games and stuff taking up hundreds of gigs of space of, you know, game download files and stuff. And yeah, you could prune that or figure out how to delete his account or manually somehow reinstall Windows, even though they don't give you Windows media installation anymore. You know, you could do all of that or you could just Google, how do I reset my Dell PC and follow the instructions? That's all I did. I wasn't like creating this so, process. So I was the answer just, is this is not exotic at all. I don't think it's that exotic. I can. It's maybe, I mean, it's maybe not the kind of thing that your um, 
dollar sign elderly relative uh, right. needs, but it's not it's not that exotic. It's really not. I mean, even if you were if this was a computer that was in an, a small office and you were giving it to the new employee or reassigning it to an employee or selling it to somebody else, you know, you want to mm-hmm. reset that, but you don't want to blow away everything. You want to give them a working computer with an operating system on it. I don't think it's that weird to do it. So your, your beef is with the Microsoft Windows operating system and specifically with, is it kind of a, a beef with the- and Maybe it's a Dell or an Alienware thing. I just am disappointed. It's a usability beef? Yeah, it's definitely a usability Opacity? beef. Because, because likely if I didn't know about BIOS, which I did because I used to run, I, I have- like a, Doesn't it go back to DOS? Yeah, it's like a it's like a low, very low level boot option kind of thing where you configure the settings in the way that the it, you're actually essentially you're flipping virtual switches on the motherboard itself. That's more or less what the BIOS so is. You're letting very you close do. to the metal at that point, as close as you can get, and without opening up system. the case. Oh, and, okay, and, basic input output system. Okay. Yeah. And Non-volatile it, firmware used to perform hardware initialization. Whoa, yes, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I normal you're like, people you're like right up to the wall. Uh, normal right? people should never have to look at this. <laughs> you're a Castle Black. That's you know? that's right. So I don't know. I think you know. I think there are so many variables when it comes to building PCs and different manufacturers and configurations. And I think Windows actually does a fantastic job of supporting most of these crazy potential configuration systems and issues mm-hmm. and things that could come up, but. When you look at what we have on the Mac side, you know, I remember back in the old days when, um, when a friend of mine, this is very, very early. This is like, I'm going to say maybe like quadra time period, maybe Mm -hmm. when he would get a new computer and I had, I didn't even know that you could do this back in those days. And this is when I learned, uh, learned about it is that when you would get a new computer, you could just pull the hard drive out of the old one and throw it in the new one and turn it on. And there was your, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you needed mm-hmm. to do to like get in, like you could transfer the hard drive into another one. And of course, if, if anyone in listening is old enough to have tried this on a PC, you know, it doesn't, it do, that does not work. At least it didn't back then. I'm sure now it's better. But I mean, there was, there was a time when things started feeling, had felt for years, like pretty stable with the Mac where like even a, an idiot like me, would be able to have like a comp, like I would with my Mac Pro that's still here, my cheese grater. I mean, I would just have a bunch of drives that I could pop in and out of there. Plus I had a toaster. I don't know what things, what that's technically called, but the thing where you could just pop this in mm-hmm. with Firewire 800 yeah. and like you could boot any drive and I had them all in boxes that were labeled and it was really just as, as simple as that. Then you get also stuff like uh, Firewire target mode. I don't know if that, I guess that can't exist because there's no Firewire anymore, but right. it used to be so easy to just plug this in. I think you start up holding down the T Yep, and now you you started up from this other drive. Like oh, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you had for people who who are, want to play along at home, Firewire Target Mode was wonderful because what you could do is that mm-hmm. what that meant is you could have a Mac sitting there. No, no more dragging and waiting to right. do a, a thing. Like you could just say, I just want to. Your friend could come over with a a drive, and if it was supported by your Mac. You just had one restart and you're using their drive. Right. It's booted up. Your computer is now their computer. Mm-hmm. It was genius. And then target disk mode where you had an old Mac, you want to transfer stuff from it. Is that what you, I, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I called it the wrong thing. Tar- no, yeah. You're talking about the right thing. Target disk mm-hmm. mode. So now you plug your firewire cable from one computer into the other, boot one into target disk mode. And now you, that computer basically acts like a hard drive. You don't even need to open it up. You just, all the drives are right there on your other Mac. That's oh, so smart. All of this kind of stuff was built- because Apple understood the fact 
that things happen. And this is an easy way to make things just work. I mean, gosh, look, built into the built into the boot layer of a Mac, if you hold down the option key when you're booting, you can you'll get a graphical interface showing pictures of connected devices, including hard drives, USB drives, and you can using the keyboard or mouse decide which device you want to boot off of. So if you have multiple right. hard drives in your Mac, you could boot off different ones. You don't have to go into system preferences to pick. You can boot at boot time. You can plug in a, a USB stick and, and boot off of that. And there's even recovery options, which are genius because all you need is an internet connection and the, your Mac can even download what it needs to reconfigure <laughs> re your computer over I the internet. I which one that is. I mean, I know Shift, hilariously, that's been around forever. Hold down Shift. And that used to be, as you know, turn off control panels and extensions. Um, is it, I want to say, I, I don't, I'm not finding it, but I believe there was one, was it, is it P? There's one that you hold up where you get into the, like, I've gotten into trouble mode where you can run. I always have to look it up. Is it option, option or P? But there's one where you, yeah, when you start up, then you could run disk utility. You can do a restore. Yeah. Like there's all the stuff you can do. But as you say, like with a graphic user interface, it doesn't just drop you out of a helicopter onto the island and say, like, I hope you can make fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm putting a, a, a nice article that I found that lists some of those um, booting from how to boot to a CD, how to get to the startup manager, how to boot into single user mode, target disk mode, verbose Love mode. single user mode. Yeah. FSCK-FY. <laughs> but I mean, I still remember, and you know, I know a lot about Unix because I spent so much time doing it. And our Macs these days, are there are Unix under underneath the... Um, underneath the surface there. But back in the old days of Mac OS, you know, up through nine, we used to have system extensions. You remember how to boot? You remember how to boot with your extensions turned off? I forgot. Shift. Shift no, was shift. all it took. It was always shift. Safe mode was like shift, you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you have to run conflict catcher like every other week. Yeah. And you would, yeah. you would install a little extent, but everything you really felt, I mean, like you could just, I was, you, I was talking about this with my wife. My wife was sitting there with her. Uh, I think it's a, the her, she had her work laptop at home and i'm pretty sure it's a spinning disc and it but like it's it's she sits and she, she telecommutes uh one day a week and i'm just watching her just sit there and like staring into the middle distance and i'm like are you good waiting waiting to waiting to have this thing boot up you know and she's she's doing some stuff and then just doing some other stuff and it's just going on i'm like yeah i think part of that probably is that it's not an ssd because like you know everybody knows like the one of the biggest things you can do to change your life is get an s a pure ssd mm -hmm. and something like that but like it just it just goes and goes and goes and i was like do you because we had long we had enough time to sip some coffee and have a conversation while she was waiting for her PC to start up. And I was like, that, I feel like one of, the, one of the million things, I don't want to say I don't give Apple credit for, but one of the things that's easy to forget about is in the time since, I'm going to say, you know, circa 2005, like the improvements that we've seen between the SSD stuff, but also just the amount of time it takes to wake from sleep unless something is wrong mm -hmm. and the amount of time it takes to boot up. Because one reason we would leave our old Macs on at the office in the 90s was like you would just sit there and just watch go. You just watch it go like uh, you know Adobe Type Manager, like other extension control panel. You just duck, 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 duck. Watch those icons like populate yes. the bottom of your screen. Yes, and it would take forever. And I'm like, I really do feel like I do take that for granted. You know, barring anything weird where it can't find my keychain, which it can't sometimes, I start my iMac and like it's good to go. I, I start my MacBook Pro, good to go. Like her her um a tiny tiny um MacBook, like it just goes. 
Like, I feel like I, I really do kind of take that for granted. And to your point, owning almost all of the stack, mostly with an asterisk. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what given gives them Apple the power. So, got, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got, there's so many benefits to what they can do. Like from all the way back to like, oh, you pop in a thumb drive and it's like, what is this? Do you want this to be fat 98 or whatever? And you're like, well, I don't know what that means. Just make it a Mac thing and it'll work with all the things. You know? Do you remember how big of a deal it was when the Mac could read PC floppy disks when they and turned that on. And I, I feel like it was a system. It was eight. a huge, no, no, was it no, seven. No. Well, oh, where it could read them. Oh, I mean like from, from nearly the beginning, and this is very much more a Syracuse topic than mine, but like, it feels like from the beginning to mangle the cliche, you know, we realized that we had to bring the mountain to Muhammad. Like if we wanted this, if we at Apple, the team there wanted this thing to work, we were going to have to play their game. So the kinds we have to be able to support to some extent their peripherals or their, you know, protocols and all these different ways. And I mean, at least when I was in college, for sure, you had the single, you had the 400 and 800 discs and you could pop the thing and do that. When I feel like it wasn't long after that, that you started being able to mount PC floppies. I know definitely in the early nineties, I feel like. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And that but that I was, don't know such if it was a, in the eighties, but that would place it around system seven or eight. Seven, talk about, you know, probably. for the cause for the longest time it's like, well, we can't open that file on a Mac. Can't well, even and you use could eat disc. the booger because when you pop if memory serves, you pop in a PC disc and it might as I'm this is thirty years ago. It might it's indistinguishable from this is an unformatted disc. Right. So like if you are, in my case, getting a lot of assets from people to put into PageMaker or later Quark, like, you know, I, I could just pop the accidentally like erase all their stuff. Oh, yeah. I think. I feel like. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was, yeah. That so was a huge hand, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I totally took you off your topic. No, it's fine. Anyway, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this. Frustrating. Frustrating. But I, I think it's working now. It seems to be fine now. It's downloading updates. It's running. And uh, so I, I can find like a Thunderbolt 3 card that should power this arrow just fine for like a hundred bucks. Mac Mini? No. What are you going to put that in? I'm going to put it in my kid's... Uh, my kids oh, windows yes, pc and PC. just just yep. use that to record it's fine yeah i mean boy times of confusion and like i know i am i was never that particularly sharp knife vis-a-vis drawers but mm. oh my god i'm so freaking confused i just went and looked up a little bit ago when you're talking i went to look up like what is like what do all these different things mean and i'm still so freaking confused. When the nice people at Luna Display offered to send me one of their Luna Display dinguses, I had to go to every Mac, low-end Mac. I don't mm. forget where. No, I had to start by Googling what computer I have in my Gmail to find out which one I have. And then I had to go, like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't even know what's back there. And I, I know, know from you now, that's a mini display port. My, my, my lady friend, um, who administers at a medical school said, I want to get something that will allow um, our, our, um, you know, fellows and residents who have Macs to be able to use any like projector, like slide projector, right. right. So they can come in and do their presentations and stuff. And like, you know, I, I used to be the right person to ask for this, but now I'm not the perfect person, but I'm trying to do the calculus in my head about, is there one ring to rule them all? Probably not, but is there a, Pareto level, this will cover a lot of people. Mm. And so I was trying to interrogate her on how old are the laptops that most of the people have? 
Because obviously, if, if they're super old, it's going to be like a DVI. Right. Probably. Right. Right. If it's, which, which in my day was the standard for stuff like oh, slide yeah. projectors. Absolutely. But then if it's a little bit younger than that, it could be a mini display port. But if it's one from the last couple of years, isn't there a pretty good chance it's a USB-C? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, if they've got- possible, if, Anything's possible. I mean, well, okay, like, okay, I, I have not kept up with this. I have the last, the MacBook Pro that I have is from 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, the MacBook Adorable that she now has that I, that I gave, not gave to her, but like that she like adopted and loves- like, so my MacBook Pro does not have USB-C. It does have all the great ports. Mm-hmm. Hers has a single port. If you buy a MacBook Pro today and take it out, how would you go from a MacBook Pro today to a generic? Let's just say, what what way out would you go? It doesn't, ha- I mean, it's got, does it have usb I I have one of those new MacBook Pros that you're talking about. It's right what you, here. What do you got for, remind me what you have for ports on I that. have... On this there's one, a little bit of, there's a little bit of a D and D choose your own adventure. Yes, what, because what the, got? this this one was a is a uh, t- unfortunately a Touch Bar MacBook Pro, which oh means God. it has four USB C Thunderbolt three ports on it. My shrink hates his. He keeps trying to hit. I think it's the delete key and it turns oh, Siri on. Yeah, it's and it makes him insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much, it's the worst. Um, I, I don't like that. The keyboard is horrible. We, we, we don't need to talk about that, but okay. I have a dongle. I'm actually holding it right now that <clears throat> goes from the Thunderbolt three slash USB-C port to a USB, a, a regular style USB. And I guess it's USB three. I don't even know what it is, but it works yeah. with all the USB old school stuff that I need to plug into it. It works fine. I'm, I'm belaboring this story. I think what I ended up saying was I said something like, I, I forget what I said. I basically said, you know, I would pick up one of these uh, USB-C. Okay. First of all, I suggested she get a mini display. Apple sells a mini display, like basically AV dingus, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We plug it in your, and then that does HDMI out. I, my gut is that I'll, we've moved from DVI to HDMI for yeah. a lot of these, yeah. I think. I was like, that's a pretty safe bet for a lot of people with a middle-aged laptop. And I think the other one was I suggested a similar thing for USB-C. That like, once you've gotten out of your port-deprived Mac, you have other options. But right. like, until you get out of there, you know, you're not going to want to go buy a DVI to DVI cable anymore. But like, okay, so what's the point of that? I don't know what the point of that is. Like, it's, um, I, I have a hard time keeping up with this. I think it is very confusing to me in my late middle age. I think it's very confusing that you can have, like, if you try to put, let's go way back. You try to put, you got a SCSI 25 and a SCSI 50. Mm-hmm. You are not going to be, they're both called SCSI, but you're not going to be confused about whether that's going to fit. Whereas like the USB-C, which is now the, like increasingly moving toward the standard, like, it seems to me like you could potentially put something in that port that fits and have it not do the thing you expected, maybe? Like, I don't know. It just, it seems like a very confusing time. I it love is. having this. I, I'm so dumb and old and my needs are so modest that having this 2015 MacBook Pro, it's a, it's a, it's a computer that I feel like I still understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've really officially become an old because I really like that there's a port and I can plug it in here and that does the thing that I expected. And I know that's a retrograde idea. It's a re- I watch my daughter and to a large extent my wife, and we've, we've talked about this numerous times, but it's been so educational for me to watch 
how I'm trying to stop myself from saying to my kid, stop, you don't use an iPad for that. You use a PC for that. But she manages. Somehow I manage in the words of Michael Scott, she figures somehow she figures out how to do a thing. And I'm like, that is the most monkey balls backwards way to use that. What we should do to make your yearbook on the site where we, we should send these photos out of photos. We create a shared album and then the shared album can be shared locally. And we do that. And then that goes to here and we do that on the Mac. We drag them over to here. And she's just grabbing stuff out of the photos app and quote unquote, dragging it on an iPad. I don't know how she's doing this, getting them into the place that she wants. <laughs> And, and she's manipulating these things, right. not using even like the multiple window stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm glad you did that, but like, uh, you're not supposed to be able to do that. But she's totally comfortable with that. Oh, there you go. All fails. She might crack open the, you know, the um, Chromebook that she loves. But it's, a, I don't know. It's a weird time to be an old. It is. No, it really is. Yeah. Uh, remember when you could? Uh, remember when you could uh, boot up your uh, your iPod in disc mode? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, you know I remember that because. They, People files on there. They even did that with the little iPod um, Nano. Was shuffle? it the, the shuffle? Thank you. Uh, the shuffle, because when those first came out, I was still working for a for a company, and they took us on uh, like one of these retreats where we would, you know, because everyone was remote, so they would bring us all together a couple times a year, and we'd have this sort of retreat where we'd go and spend, you know, a week or whatever together in some kind of place. And on the first day, the all, all of our like our boss's boss uh, came and said, "All of you, uh, handing these out." And he started handing out the little shuffles. I'm like, "Oh, this is nice." He's like, "I have given you portable hard drives in case you ever need to store files. This is a way you can transport your files around with you." And that was wow. how he had justified buying them. But they, yeah, I mean, there were Apple was always thinking of really cool, creative little ways. To, well, I guess it is kind of like a hard drive. Why don't you put stuff yeah, on it if you I, want? I remember being a lot of cautionary tales about like maybe don't leave that thing plugged in for a month because you could like i don't know i want to say burn out burn it out yeah i don't know if that's right damn we've we've uh, i didn't realize we were many minutes in that was a, that was a very good anecdote and a good vent and i hope you feel a little better i feel better i feel great but we need to talk about if i could say uh, we need to talk about something you like let me tell you you mentioned it a second ago no Luna, i didn't what did i mention Luna display Luna, look luna I love the Luna. Luna. It's, in my, it's earned a place. It's earned a place of pride in my bag in a bag. You got a bag in a bag. I am using a bag a bag. Luna display right now. I have my iPad right here and I am controlling and using, I am using my Mac with my utilizing. fingers right here, utilizing my fingers to use my Mac and <laughs> it's in the other room. And I'm doing it on the iPad and I'm using Luna to do it. And it's amazing. Luna is the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. So you can use your iPad as a super portable second display for your Macintosh computer. And it has stunning image quality and there's virtually zero lag and it works anywhere you go. You get the freedom to bring your workspace with you anywhere that you go. The other room of your house, a different part of your office, the coffee shop, an airplane. And it sets up in seconds and it works over your existing Wi-Fi or over USB when you don't have Wi-Fi, which can happen. And it turns your iPad into a complete extension of your Mac. And the genius part is it supports external keyboards. It supports the Apple Pencil and it supports touch interactions it literally turns calling your it a Mac display is into a little a bit of an device. undersell it's such an undersell yeah you love this it does thing. more than display yeah i do oh my daughter touched my screen today ah she did the thing 
She did the thing, because I do everything wrong. Mm. I'm always doing everything <laughs> wrong, and I don't go into full screen fast enough. Or uh. We're watching a YouTube video on the Apple TV, and she yells, menu, 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 because <laughs> she can't stand seeing anything on the screen. <laughs> right. She's so mad. My son is the same way. We were watching, uh, we were re- at her request, we were re-watching the uh, 1998 Hell in a Cell match between uh, Mankind and The Undertaker, and she got all, ma- she started touching my Mac screen to scrub. Now, here's the thing. You do that on, guess what? Now, this is going to really screw you up. Good, because you can do that. You know what? On your Luna display, it's more than a display. It's also a Luna. And you can touch it, and you can move, and you can manipulate with your little your little meat fingers, and it totes works. Magic. So, black magic, Dan. Black magic. So, Hell in a Cell. 10% discount on the Luna display for our listeners if they go to Luna, L-U-N-A, display, D-I-S-P-L-A-Y, lunadisplay.com, and enter promo code back to work. They'll save 10%. Highly recommend the Luna display. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Yeah. Love it. Thanks oh, very much, yes, Luna I, Display. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if you were throwing to I don't me. know. I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the vibe of Luna right now. I'm yeah, feeling it. They're good. I'm going to put Hell in a Cell into show notes. I'm going to do it. Thanks, Luna. Maybe. Ding. Thanks, Luna. Bok, bok. You can watch this on an iPad with Luna. Maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time. Oh my gosh. We got a lot here. Um, Did you see the new, um, the new trailer for the new Spider-Man uh, home, uh, far from home? I have, has it been out for a couple weeks? Oh no, it's been out since yesterday. It came out yesterday oh, morning. No, in that case I haven't. Uh, there was a I teaser saw, I saw trailer. I Pete of him and he goes to like another country, right? There was a, yes. uh, maybe a, was it a teaser trailer? I saw something where he doesn't go to another country and yes. he doesn't bring his suit. He's going to Europe, doesn't want to bring the suit. But now we've got a full trailer. It lives, movie looks like a lot of fun. It looks like Good. a lot of fun. And uh, they're, they're, doing, they're doing it right. And of course, the trailer contains spoilers. We're not giving any away here, but it contains spoilers for Endgame. So oh. it comes out and, and, and you've got Tom Holland, the, lo- the amazing, the amazing Peter Parker, Tom Holland, Except he's speaking in with his British accent. So upsetting. To so warn upsetting. to warn us that it contains spoilers for Endgame. So he's basically coming on hello, saying, Hello, Gavna. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. What's all this then? Where did you get that recording of him? Hello, it's me, Tom Holland. <laughs> I like to do parkour and drink tea with my queen. <laughs> Here he goes. Really rev it up. Really, really put your back. He's into late it. today. He's like um, forty five so minutes late. late. He's like forty minutes late today. But he's giving it. He's giving it the stick. Hello, hello, hello. I'm the Spider Man. <laughs> that was very off putting to me. I don't want to hear that. No, I don't even know what accent that is. But this the weird. Uh, the weird thing is the movie, if, so if I he if if he you haven't seen Endgame yet. No. Yeah, don't watch the trailer then. But he, right. I feel like he should have done it as Peter Parker, or at yeah, least with cute. the American accent. I love the accent. way he talks. I love his accent. The British. I mean, one I love or his. I love one? his. I love the, the way he does one. Peter Parker. And the guy, the guy, uh, the callback, the guy who does the wired um, act. I feel like the guy who does the wired accent um, critiques uh, thinks that he does a pretty good uh, Queens. Oh, I've got, I haven't watched that one. I like that guy. He's, he's great. Oh God, he's so good. He, they're all so good. The one about um, made up languages is really good. Like I say, there's one that's all about people who've done the president, all those, man, all those. And then like, yeah, have you, and then we talked about this, right? Did you get into the ones where an expert in something watches scenes from a movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, foren- like the, the forensic, like the crime scene <laughs> yes. investigator guy. Put oh, those, put God. some of those in the notes. Those are so good. 
his critique of uh, Dexter is really funny. Oh, like, I would, would love not, to see that. He would that. not have done any of this. <laughs> oh, yeah, put, put those in. That. You don't put powder all over this and then blow on it. <laughs> you don't do, nobody does that. <laughs> you know, they, the uh, Mr. Robot famously did an excellent job showing... They, without there's, going into there's too a hacker, much detail, there's a hacker yeah. who critiques that one. Yeah, yeah. I would Please like to see that. that. No, I haven't oh, seen that yeah, one. for sure. What's it called? I forget what it's called. We, you know what? We got to keep moving. We got too much other stuff. Right, I get we a lot got too of stuff. Much stuff. Um, let's see what else. He sent me a video of a lizard that was confusing. Um, a video that's of a in, lizard? That's in show notes and I don't know why. Uh, you sent Dan. Oh, did I put it in the wrong damn show? Oh, I don't know. It's it's a lizard talking. Um, oh, that's the wrong stuff. No, nah, that's the wrong damn. Sh- that was for another show, and okay. I'm putting it. In, I'm taking it out. That doesn't belong there. Sorry. Yeah, okay. that's the well, wrong. What about damn what thing. about this deep uh, internal link to something called Chub Hub? <laughs> is that is that a, like a food delivery thing? <laughs> Let me see. There's, there's one here for uh, Chunk Boys. There's that. No, um, I don't see anything on here for Chub. <laughs> What are you talking Chub, about, Chubby Hubby.net? I don't see I'm implying that. that you added porn science and you didn't. That's oh, the bit. Oh, I didn't get it. Sorry. You yeah, didn't no. get it. It's because you're so pure as the driven snow. You're literally incapable of lying. So uh, no, I think that's video. gone away. I was thinking about that the other day. I think I can do it now. Is it true? How would I know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't know. But no, I think I can. I think I can do it now because I've, I've been off the uh, cushion for so long <laughs> that I think right. I can there lie now. Is that, is that what you guys say internally? Yeah. Off the cushion. Got it. Check. Um, a couple more things. You know what? This is useful to nobody, but I want to mention it. I wonder why. It's a me. <laughs> it's a me, the announcer man. I want to announce uh, that, uh, you know, if you missed it last week, it's it's probably pointless. But uh, Dan and I talked about um, uh, the Game of Thrones show in an after dark last week that some people seem to enjoy or not. Uh, it's going to be of extreme minority interest because it's about an episode that was, you know, like a couple weeks ago. But uh, we also ended up talking about the, the Game of Thrones stuff in general that I kind of can't stop talking about right now. But that's in, uh, let's put it in show notes, Dan. In show notes, I'll, I'll, you know what? You, if I could say, can I offer? Mm-hmm. Let me offer. Mm. I will put that into show notes for this episode. Could I, could I prevail upon you? Mm. To tell people, in as much as you're comfortable saying, where they would find show notes for episode mom four two five of your back to work program. Yes, sir. You they can go to five by five TV slash B as in boys, two is in the number, W as in walrus, slash four two five. Goo goo ga jube. Uh, so this is After Dark 5.30. 5.30? Ooh, you got a lot of After Darks in there, Jiminy. All right. Put it in notes. Uh, two, 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 two. I got, can I do two recommendations? Yes, please. Do we, do we have time for that? Yes. You have three things you like this week, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't want to cut into any of that time. I'm not, Neither I'm of these is important. about it. But... But you know, uh, you know, uh, supposedly, supposedly, it's Gandhi that says, you know, almost supposedly, that almost nothing you do in life will be important, but it's very important that you do it. He said something like that, supposedly. Hmm. It might be Mark Twain. It might be Winston Churchill. I don't care. Let's talk about something important. Um, I had need, I have had, hmm, how does one say, for educational purposes in the past, I have had need of acquiring the contents of videos from YouTube. 
So uh, let's say for the sake of argument, for educational reasons, you needed to have a video that you watched on YouTube available on your Mac hard drive for viewing. Yes, I've needed that. For educational reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, I've already added two notes. Uh, the uh, A very popular one amongst our nerd friends, which is called YouTube DL, which is a command. If, if my reference to that earlier didn't make sense, it's a command line um, app, command line thing for okay. doing YouTube stuff. And uh, it's very popular with people. I'm not a command line guy, so I'm always looking at the different options. The different options for downloading YouTube and other internet videos, uh, you know, the, I think they don't love you doing that probably. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, it's a kind of a thing where like, you got to kind of watch it. The one that I've had a lot of success with, and you know, there, there are many of these, but this one is mine, much like a rifle is it, it's called Downey. <laughs> what? This is my it's rifle. Just anytime you'll do a Kubrick reference, I'm, I'm on this board This is my for rifle. It. This is my gun. You know, this is for fighting. This, this is, is for, for downloading fun. videos right. for educational right, purposes. Right, right, Full metal jacket. Hmm? <laughs> Get off my obstacle. <laughs> it's a great, great film. So it's uh, it's uh, not a terrific uh, name for the site, but it's at charliemonroe.net. Anyway, <laughs> it's in show notes. It's called Downey, D-O-W-N-I-E. And it is a fully qualified application for the Mac that you download and then install. And uh, then, um, you know, it says that it automatically adds the extension. It hasn't automatically done that for me, but it... In the previous version, version two, I did get an extension. You should get an extension. Long story short, uh, even in the kind of um, uh, monkey monster way, you can just go and grab a video or grab a URL that points to a video at a site like YouTube, Yuku, Billably, Billably, Vimeo, etc. You paste that into Downey and guess what it does? It downloads that mm. to the uh, folder of your choice and it will download stuff like subtitles in the language of your choice and, and whatnot. But like as a, as a, uh, a user of uh, like, like a Plex user like me, it's real handy. Mm -hmm. I put those into my um, probably misnamed like home movies directory. Okay. What are the kinds of things I've downloaded? I needed, I wanted to get the, uh, a scene from uh, the movie Bugsy Malone. I got that. I was able to get, um, you know, the uh, pilot, the test pilot, that never aired for Bob's Burgers. Oh, Stuff cool. that's really, really hard to find. Sometimes Ricky Jane is 52 assistants. So you can go in and it'll just download that into your uh, little folder. It's called Downey by the makers of, you might, you might remember this one called Permute. I don't know if you remember Permute. It's, um, uh, it's a base. Permute is an app for like transmogrifying into different formats. Okay. So you can buy Downey by itself or you can get Downey plus Permute together and have it automatically change it into the format that you prefer. Um, but I, it's a really, why do I mention this? I mean, it's because it's really useful and I find it very easy to use. It's kind of a set it and forget it thing. And uh, I, I really like it. And uh, you, you can buy it by going to their website. It's called Downey, D-O-W-N-I-E. Do you ever, when you have occasion for educational purposes, how do you do that? If you can say. <sighs> there used to be, the last time that I did that, it was a while so ago. Many. There's so yeah, many. There was there were some Chrome extensions that you could use that would do it. And I think those have been removed now from the Chrome extension store because obviously mm -hmm. they don't don't want you doing that. That but was the yeah, last they, time I did. They also it. really cracked down on a lot of invasive extensions. Yes. yes. This one's probably like a like a twofer. They really don't want it and they don't want it. Yes. 
I had one called, oh God, it's such an ugly icon, Enelsoft. Whoa, whoa. Yes, Enel, Enelsoft. That's <laughs> not, that those two, you have Enel. two words that you, you wouldn't normally put Hi. together. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you worry about having a, uh, a, a, tough, a tougher, inflexible Enel. <sighs> Try Enelsoft. Enelsoft, uh, YouTube uh, downloader. <laughs> Available as a binary or sound. Oh, don't. Uh, just don't. <laughs> just don't. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this is my rifle. Uh, Downey. That was my suggestion. Anyways. Yeah, there's lots of them. There's lots of them. But I think it's pretty good. And you pay for, pay for it with money, but I think it's good. I don't know, can I make one more recommendation? Yes, sure. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know, um, it turns out that there are actually some turns out things that I like. Uh, a turns out thing I've mentioned lately. I really like that show you're wrong about. Another consistently really good turns out thing is Freakonomics Radio, a, a, a program that airs on public radio, uh, but is also available as a podcast. And I really, I like Stephen Dubner. I really like, I like the way he rolls. I like his guests. I think he does a good job in the turns out genre. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point y'all to a recent episode that I thought was super interesting that for a variety of reasons, I wish I'd heard the this episode of this podcast in, let's say, for the sake of argument, early 2007. And it's available in show notes. And it is called The Data-Driven Guide to Sane Parenting. Hmm. And it's a visit with um, the economist Emily Oster. And at least in the setup to this, and you know how often can you believe the setup, but this sounds like a reasonable setup. And the setup was that I think she was on her first or maybe about to work on her second baby. And like everybody, she was deluged with all of the things you must do for your child. Right. And you must never do regarding your child. I I don't know if you've ever gotten this, Dan. I don't know if you've ever gotten advice unrequested from other people about what you must do or must not. Have you ever gotten advice from other people about what you absolutely have to do or not do with your child? You might have heard this at some point. Okay, I, I mean, of course I've gotten advice, but sure. where are we going with this? Oh, I'm just trying to say, ah, the floodgates open. Yeah. Like, they find out there's like the chance of your family bringing a child into the world and everybody has notes. Oh, People yeah. tell you so much stuff. You got to do this. You got to not do that. Yeah. You got to hit them. You got to hit them harder. You got to breastfeed. You got to not breastfeed. Got to get your dip tat. Got to get your dip tat. Honey, 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 do we get the dip tat? <laughs> You don't breastfeed, we'll hate you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got you on a pretty short leash, don't you, HI? Um, so that's what they do. They do that, and like all of the night, I do this. I don't even mean to do this. You know, there's good advice, there's bad advice, there's but what she dives into is okay. Let's take a step back. There's all this stuff, and you say to somebody, okay, so tell me why. Let's just take one that's actually interesting. Tell me why. My child should not even look at a screen until you're they're two years old. All right. That's right. one that we got like pretty broadly. Right. Is that you must not, not, not only is your child not allowed to watch TV, you should not even put them in front of a screen until they're two years old, which is an interesting, that's an interesting piece of advice, like legitimately interesting. And so you say to them, okay, um, let's start with the easy one, which is like, why is that? And they say, oh, uh, you know, because... Brain development and, um, you know, attention, Harvard, Einstein, you know, and you say, like, well, well where did you, where did you hear that? And they go, like, oh, you know, I like, I read it, you know, because I follow this stuff. Like, and she's saying, okay, well, let's, I'm a, I'm a, 
an economist and I want to see the data. So for all, she goes in and dives, this is uh, Emily Oster, she dives into, if there is prevailing science, provided it has not been completely inverted as science since Mm. the 50s, if there is science behind these various pieces of advice, and again, this is everything from like, you know, just everything, all the advice, if there is science, I want to look at the data. I want to look at the data behind the quote-unquote science. And of course, in many cases, there's not any actual science, or it's the opposite of the science, or you know what? Turns out there are risks to vaccines. No spoilers here, but there are risks to vaccines, but those risks are incredibly small next to the benefits. Mm -hmm. And like you rarely see a deep dive into the data on like being able to make an intelligent decision about what you're going to do based on at least what the data shows. And she's saying like, there's rarely anything where the data shows something hundred percent, but there's a lot of stuff where the data is not conclusive. And that's interesting to know. Right. And so, um, what, what is one of the examples? I'm going to toss one out. I threw this at my lady friend and I, I may misquote this, but I, this really stuck in my mind. Uh, you know, the thing that again, we and everybody else heard is that, the mom should nurse, the mom should breastfeed. And you say, okay, well, why should you do that? And there's all kinds of, you know, to please don't email me. I mean, really, literally do not email me about this. You, you will be banned from the show if you contact me about this topic. All right. You were literally not allowed to contact me about this. Thank you in advance. So what's the, what's the data on that? And you're like, oh, well, you know, it's, um, it's good for the development. It helps them, helps the mom bond with the baby and you get, um, it's good for, um, immunity stuff, right? You get like an immunity potion when you breastfeed, there's all kinds of stuff. And like, okay, yeah, you know, there is some stuff out there about lots of different things, but, but she, without respect to like, whether I'm recommending that you demanding that you breastfeed, here's a thing she noted in the data. You know what? Some of the stuff, the actual sciencey stuff where, the um where we got the whole thing of like you'll be more successful in life mm. if you breastfeed your kids do you want to guess what the sample on that was mostly like pretty successful white women <laughs> yeah okay 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 so like i mean they didn't i don't it sounds like they did not control for the fact well those kids started with a little bit of an edge anyway like they there was not a, a broad enough sampling to show that that is categorically true for every mother and child in all cases. And that ergo, if you don't do that with your kid and you feed them formula like a monster, your child will turn into an ugly homunculus that ends up working for successful people. Mm. It's like, anyway, so I'm just recommending you check out a podcast episode and they cover so many different topics. I thought it was a great listen. Do not email me. Instead, use the time you would have used to email me to go listen to the Data-Driven Guide to Sane Parenting. Uh, Freakonomics Radio, uh, episode 376. 376. How often do you look at the data on science? Because I don't look a lot. I don't look very much at all, but I find that... I just repeat things I've heard on NPR mostly. You know, there are so many different ways to interpret data, and you really do, I mean, regardless of, you know, it's like whenever those stories come out, they're like... Oh, thank goodness. You know, you can have two, three glasses of wine, red wine every day and it'll help your heart. And then the next six months later, even one glass yes. of wine per day will kill you in six months. You know, like, and 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 the data and the way that they collect data, it's so often massaged for the particular results that they want to get. Yeah, depending or, on who funded it. And yeah. Like it could be, yes. I hate it. Oh, I know. And, and she covers the wine thing. She covers like, can you drink when you're breastfeeding? Right. And like, there's all kinds of stuff where she's like, well, you know, it depends on this and it depends upon that. Like there's all these different depends, depends. You know what? I mean, I think when you're in the public health sector, 
like when you're somebody who's trying to keep people from getting sick, mm-hmm. I it does seem to me, and Dr. Don is certainly free to disagree on this because it's his job, but it seems to me that deciding like the EPA and its standards, if your job is to keep people safe, well, if your job is to keep people safe, let's look at that for a minute. It makes a ton of sense to err on the side of safety. And it, it makes sense to err on the side of an abundance of caution. Like anybody would look at that and go, that makes sense. Like my kid is more likely to hit, get hit by a car if they play in the middle of the road. So why don't I have them not play on the road? Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually for tons of stuff, sure, let's make it about wine for a second. Well, you know, maybe it varies. But, you know, do you really need wine? Oh, why don't you just not do that? Okay. But then let's go to another thing. Now let's talk about some real things. Like what about what about the very real problem of postpartum depression? Right. Which is really, really, really real. Uh, you know, Deuce talked about this a lot. It was the first time that I got super exposed to this being not what I expected, but it's a huge problem. You know what? Depression is a huge problem. And so you say to somebody, okay, should I take Prozac once I'm pregnant? And I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I think if you really dive into that, you're going to get into a lot of it depends, depends, depends. Mm. Because here's what it comes down to, risk versus benefit. Like if there's a clear benefit to this, and that's a low risk, well, that's a no-brainer. Right. But like, what if that thing that you heard about on, on the, uh, you know, at your, at your uh, uh, book club turns out to be not great advice given the potential risk of not doing that thing? And that's like, in, in when you get somewhere between the data level scientists and the people who write press releases, you know, for mommy blogs, somewhere in between there is somebody going like, you need to talk to your doctor mm-hmm. about what the best balance of risk versus benefit is. Right. And like, don't hang on to this thing that you just threw out the window because you were worried at a class and someone told you, you know, never do that thing. Anyway, I'm talking too much. Sorry. Sorry. This also gives me a chance to put one of my all-time favorite articles back into the notes which I cover four times a year, which is the wonderful Atlantic profile on John, Dr. John Ioannidis called Lies, Damn Lies in Medical Science. And I, I still run into enough people that haven't read this. It is maybe the, the super ultimate, um, turns out, article. Because this is a guy whose job at Stanford is with his team is to go in and do meta-analysis of uh basically of studies okay yeah 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 and like he can find a problem almost he's like the john syracusa of studies <laughs> nothing is so perfect <laughs> um and he does if you guys watched you know at least one of the i think in the in the actual titular the dropout podcast and tv show at least in the podcast he's featured as somebody who like wandered past theranos one day and goes hmm, i wonder what that's about and then started exploring it and he has a story to tell so yeah, science, it's a thing. But see, here's the thing. Okay. Why? Why? Last thing, because sometimes people like me, people like people I know, people like anybody, you just say, somebody, you say a thing and somebody says, I don't think so. And you go, yeah, but science, like that's going to end the conversation. Right. And like, did you even read the abstract of that article? I didn't. I frequently didn't read the abstract. But what I'm trying to say is like, we try to use science as a cudgel on either side Mm -hmm. of whatever argument is happening. And we try to use it as this thing that ends the conversation because I just used the word science. You didn't actually, you certainly didn't do the research yourself. You probably didn't even read the research yourself. Just saying. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, uh, let the, uh, let the patient beware. Right. From the Latin. Hey, Dan, uh, real quick, before we uh, continue, would you mind telling me about something that you like? 
I would love to tell you about Twist. 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 That's from the Flintstones. <gasps> from Bedrock. That's right. That thing is. <laughs> well, there's a town I know where the kids are. Why do we know this damn Bedrock. song? <laughs> Why do Here we, we know come that? on the run with a burger on a bun? Uh, <laughs> it's never Dan. left my brain. Yeah, but that do, Dan. Tell me about Twist. So imagine, Merlin, keep. Imagine your team of coworkers, visualize them. You probably have uh, tens, if not hundreds mm-hmm. of important conversations that are happening all at one time and keeping it organized is overwhelming. Now, important information is going to get lost and it's easy for discussions to get diverted, especially in something like Slack. I mean, it's Slack's a great way to communicate, but there's so, there's so many diversions and that's why there are now over a hundred thousand teams that have switched to to Twist. This is a new communication app from uh, Doist, the company that's behind uh, Todoist. I'm sure you've oh, heard of them. Oh, I've used that application. Yes. This same team, Twist replaces 100% of internal email and group chat by giving teams one single organized hub to discuss their ideas. And inside of it, discussions get organized by topic into threads, which gives teams and the freedom to focus on work without feeling stressed that they're going to miss out on something important. And at the same time, helping you eliminate all of those distractions. It is asynchronous communication at its best. And uh, if, if, if you're on a team and you're listening to this podcast, you can get a hundred bucks in twist unlimited credits. When you sign up for a new account, they made a special URL. We, uh, we suggested maybe they could make a back to work URL. They said, you know what? We want to, we, we like five by five. We're going to put that in the URL instead. We said, okay, so it's twist.com slash five by five. That's the number five, BY number five. That is the URL for this show. That's the URL they invented. I'm fine with it. It's easy Mm -hmm. to remember. Twist.com slash five by five. Go there and get a hundred bucks when you sign up in Twist Unlimited Credits. But this is a really interesting take on, uh, on, on this, solving this particular problem. And it is a tricky problem and, and Twist knows how to do it. So go there twist.com slash five by five, check it out and uh, tame the chaos of your team communication. Thanks very much to twist for making this episode possible. Thanks twist. Buck, buck. Was that clean? It was super clean. The cleanest of the clean. That looked clean to you. Uh, Now you got to go watch it. I know I'm going to watch it tonight. Do we have Oh my gosh. I've been rewatching Deadwood. In anticipation mm. of the new Deadwood film that's coming out you, later you this back, month. You back to the beginning? Back to, the, to the episode beginning? one, yes. Oh my God. You better help me with my fall. Uh, Don't look like it wants to infect. Oh uh, my God. One of the greatest first episodes of all time. And oh my God. I got to tell you, man. I like the whole show, but uh, basically through the, um, oh God. What's uh, Keith Carradine's character? Uh, not Buffalo Bill. What's his name? Wild uh, Bill Hickok. Uh, up through all up through the wild bill saga i feel like that arc is like one of the greatest runs of a tv show i mean it's still real good i think him building his house in season two gets a little bit meh but like you know what i mean like that all that stuff and oh my god and the and the and the fancy dandy guy oh my god it's so good does Sai arrive in season one Sai, i I couldn't believe this but Sai and uh joni uh arrived by uh by uh, what's her name samantha mars yes from uh, the good place yes 
it arrives. They arrive in like episode three of season That's, one. No, no yes, way. Yes, too. I thought they were like mid season two, but they're there that, from the beginning. In my head, that's the only Me way too. that makes sense. I know, but they're there from the beginning. Isn't that wild? I mean, to me, as you know, that's a hallmark of some amazing storytelling. You take, again, sorry, you take something like whatever, it's The Wire, you take Deadwood, you take, we just we just started watching um, 30 Rock. And even the first episode of 30 Rock, especially the first season of 30 Rock, I've it's incredible seen, how much they fit in. I've never in this seen case, 30 oh my Rock. God. <gasps> what a treat. How far in are you? Uh, I am into like episode seven or eight of the first season, which might be the final episode. I forget how many they have, but- I'm almost at the end of season one. I just just recently restarted watching it. So, and I'm surprised at how much I don't remember because I haven't watched any yes. of it since it came out and was new. And so it, really? it's oh, yeah, great. We, I, think we bought, I think we bought the DVDs at one point. I love that show, Dan. I love that it's show. It's so amazing. And everybody's great in it. And it's funny because there was, um, um, there's another show that was called uh, Sons of Anarchy. And this, mm-hmm. this was, a, a like, it is about That's a, motorcycle boys. Yeah. Motorcycle family for more, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. And yes. I really got into that show. I really, really liked the show, but this show is basically a Deadwood reunion. Like everybody oh, really? is in it almost, Does almost. It have, uh, Dan Mc- uh, um, I think so. You start seeing Dan in places. You start noticing Dan Doherty in different places. I think so. I, but the, like so many people show up. Calamity Jane is in it. Um, oh, I love Joni is in it. Uh, <gasps> I, I also like as a madam. I mean, it's real, but it's like every time they would bring in a new character. I'm like, of course it's from Deadwood. J- Charlie Utter is a main character in the, in Char- the show. Char- Charlie Utter. Charlie Utter. Charlie. Oh, you know what? I misspoke. I misspoke and I misspoke catastrophically. Oh no. I, I conflated Joni and Cy with wh- whoever that guy is and Kristen Bell. Kristen They're also, Bell. yes, Kristen Bell is in it. Uh, they just showed up in last night's episode, actually. And wow, she's such a little baby. First, first she's season? so little. Yes. Oh yeah, her and God. her brother. You, you got Wu? You got Wu and his pigs? They have not. Wu, I don't think, has done anything. <laughs> he said stand there. He hasn't done anything yet. Oh, San Francisco. <laughs> you can't say it. I can't don't say, say it. On the show. Don't say it. What a great line. Oh, my God. I love. Oh, my God. Swinging. My God, that show's so good. Yes, Deadwood, very good. Very good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know who I love? I love E.B. Farnham. Yeah. love him. His, his monologue where he's um, scrubbing the blood off the floor of one of his hotel rooms while also kind of cursing in anger about- Is this after they kill the guy yes. and the doctor comes in and yes. they put the rod through the guy's head? Yes! It's so good. It's such a it's such a Shakespearean monologue. It was the mo- that's exactly what I was going like to about say. His lot, his lot in life. Yes, it's Shakespearean and it's wonderful. The show. That's Larry. So that's Larry from Larry Daryl and Daryl. I know. It's also you know who it is. It's uh, home, what's again, his name? home again, home again, home again, home <laughs> again. Uh, uh, <laughs> was it Sebastian? John? Sebastian. Yes. Yeah. He's great. Um, he's. They're my great. friends. I made them. Oh my God! You just want that guy to win. I know. Does he have? A, he has like a like a disorder that makes him look older. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, something with his skin is going away. He's good with machines. Yeah, I make your eyes. Um. So <laughs> b- 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 apparently, I'm just spitting out quotes. 
You're on fire with the quotes today. I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I got good sleep last night. I got crazy good sleep last night. And that's actually related to this topic. Can this be our last topic? Yes. Okay. Um, I wanted to mention, I previewed this, as we say in the industry, I previewed this on Twitter. But um, So basically we had, I don't have it in front of me, darn it, but a, a nice listener uh, and some people on Twitter. Uh, I, I, this is not going to be long. Relax. I know you're sick. It's like the markdown of health is sleep tracking apps. I know you guys hate it. I know markdown makes you change the channel. And I know in this case, hearing about sleep apps is really boring if you're not doing it. But this is actually kind of interesting. I just wanted to address this. Um, so a, uh, a listener had written and some, some toots people had tooted us and said, hey, Merlin, what's the deal? Why do you run more than one app for sleep? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I think that's actually a really good question. Well, uh, as you saw probably in my email response to the, to the fella, was that, well, um, it started out because, as with any tracking thing, uh, I want to know how well it's doing. Yeah. Like, I, you know, because sometimes, you know, and this really goes Who is for, watching the Watchmen? Who watches the Watchmen? Must investigate further. Hmm. So I want to know how that data is looking. You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and with the health stuff, this is true for lots of different things, but boy, do you ever notice this with the health stuff? Um, you know, oh God, there's a great article. DHH, uh, wrote a, <laughs> the prickly DHH has had an article about air quality and measuring it and how he had three of exactly the same air quality, um, monitoring device in the same room. And they all three had different results. And he was like, Hmm, that's kind of wild. And that's sort of how I feel with a lot of the tracking stuff. And I could feel it acutely with the activity and sleep tracking stuff. And I feel this because a lot of times uh, my family will take uh, walks. We call them hikes, but they're really more like walks. Mm-hmm. We just go somewhere beautiful in Northern California on oh, a Sunday. That sounds we walk nice. Around. And everybody starts a workout at the same time on the watch, right? We all three got, you know, got yeah. watches and we're walking around. And um, I'm the only one with cellular. I don't know if that matters, but like we'll walk. And then when we're done... We get three very different answers, and we try to figure out whose seemed correct. Like, okay, so that 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 one maybe that's understandable. We have different strides. Who knows where the where the satellites are aligned? I don't I don't even know how to do that. But what I can tell you is, back in the day, I was running several different apps for tracking steps, and I've run several different apps for tracking sleep. And like for the longest time, the Fitbit and the Apple Watch really disagreed on steps. Oh. Uh, I, I like how, favor, how, how much? By how much? Oh, it could be quite a lot, and it could be for a variety of reasons. Not least because Fitbit, not everybody has done this, and I'm off the Fitbit. I've been off the Fitbit for probably six months. But in Fitbit, you can go in and uh, measure your stride for walking and running, and it'll make it based on that. Um, I don't know if that helps or if a goof in that could screw up everything, but those can sometimes be quite different. Um, That's just one example. But there's lots of different stuff where something that that, um, presents itself as a tracking device can give you different results. So the answer is, well, I started out running probably five different things for tracking sleep. And I, um, eventually it got to a point where I felt like the main reason I was still wearing a Fitbit in particular was for the automatic sleep tracking. Well, guess what? Other apps started doing that automatically. And I said goodbye to Fitbit. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and, uh, cause boy, those things are poorly made. <laughs> And they just fall apart on your wrist. Yes. Um, anyhow, uh, why do I keep more than one? So why did I get more than one? They're not that costly. I care about the results and I can find out, I can get a reckon on like 
you know, sort of like we talk about with podcast stats. Like, I'm not really, I'm not interested in which one of these is perfect. I'm interested in which one of these tracking apps is most consistent. That seems accurate. But like, as long as we all agree on a standard, then we have something to talk about. If all these different apps comes up, come up with all different results, you don't want to cherry pick that stuff. You want one that you can live with. And so uh, eventually I got down to the two that I use and mentioned here on the program, which is uh, Sleepwatch and Autosleep. And, I, and now a very salient question from our listeners is, why would you have two? Um, and it's a very good question. I mean, first of all, I already bought them. Like, I, don't, I mean, they're already there. Like, you know, um, uh, and so that, you know, why would I not do it? Um, one reason I would not do it that I'm going to cover in a sec is, oh, I don't want my data to collide. Mm-hmm. I don't want my data to be duplicative. If I run seven step apps, I don't want 70,000 steps a day showing up. Like that's, doesn't that seem logical? Doesn't it seem logical? Oh, no, we're going to get back to, to that. Me, yeah. We're going to cover that in a second. Cause I, I have a super tip for you, but now the reason I keep both is they're, they present the data differently. They're fairly consistent in terms of the results. And consistent in a way uh, that agrees with my own reckoning about how the sleep is going. Um, and they're, bo- they're both consistent. But uh, they, they, they are both tracking the same phenomenon with similar results, but then presenting those results in different and I think complementary ways. So I get it. So I feel like even though it is roughly the same set of data, kind of mostly, I like the insights of uh, both of them a lot. And I look at both of them and I continue to compare them. But it's been really useful to me to be able to go in and say, like, for example, you know, like I've said before, um, Sleepwatch goes a lot deeper. It integrates with a heart rate app that they also make. Um, and it, it provides a lot of really good granular detail on stuff like deep sleep. And it gives you like an okay good. Autosleep gives you an okay good. Here's how you've been doing lately. But for example, now auto or uh, sleep watch, on the other hand, I think is real good at that. Like, here's how you're doing stuff. And it gives you different graphs that you can look at that are actually graphical graphs with, you know, bar charts where you can say like, what's my trend line on sleep in general? How am I doing with a uh, heart rate dip? How am I doing on uh, deep, you know, or, um, you know, restful sleep or percentage efficiency in sleep. So that's kind of, that's why I keep two of them. There's no downside and just to answer the listeners who asked, uh, that's the reason. Now, can I get my super tip? Yeah. And forgive me if you know this, put this on the list of stuff that's going to just make somebody roll their eyes and somebody else go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Why is it that if you are running, <laughs> for the sake of argument, seven step tracking apps, like why is it that you're not seeing 70,000 steps a day? Like, uh, how do it know? I mean, have you ever wondered that, Dan? I mean, I know you're not a big app. I mean, probably this is a really dumb question to ask you, but have you have you ever wondered how that might? You probably haven't. Why am I asking you this? How is it that it's able to give you a sane result when multiple apps are tracking it? Yeah. And like, I've had my sort of guesses. Yeah. What, 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 what's your what's your theory? What's your working well, theory? <laughs> my my working th- okay if it matters my working theory was apple magic there's something that apple does to determine what it thinks is the most accurate and it does some kind of algorithmic like guessing of the things to figure you know what that's not how it works at all the way it does work is really cool and <laughs> not at all obvious and i will tell you about it now so for example i am inside the apple health app on my iPhone right now. Let's say I click on steps. 
is okay. one of my favorites. Right. Right. I click on steps. Now under steps, you get some little selection areas. One of those selection areas that you might've seen, well, it's kind of cool. You get this thing called show all data. So like all your different step tracking things are throwing information into show all data, all data, all data, however it tracks it. And they do track it in different ways. It's going to seem real weird. There are contributions from your, your watch. There are contributions from your iPhone. There are contributions from all those apps. Like, wow, that's wild. So how did we get to this so far? 3000 steps today. Like that seems like if all these things are tracking, how would that work? Well, now you may know about data sources and access. Click on data sources and access. Mm-hmm. And under here, you're going to see something that every health, Apple Health user will recognize. There's a section called apps that are allowed to read data and another uh, section for data sources. And, you know, seems pretty intuitive. You know what I never knew? That edit button in the upper right. It would never occur to me to hit that button. But I'm in data sources and access for this thing, steps, and I hit edit. And guess what? I now have... If I uh, scroll down a little bit, you now have a way to change the prioritization of which app should win for any given thing that you're tracking. Mm -hmm. So just as you would with sorting things in a playlist, you get the little, you know, right side hamburger, grab your thumb, and you just drag up and down. And you now have a way to go in and prioritize. I want this particular thing to win. So in my case, I can say, like, when it comes to sleep tracking, I would like auto sleep to win, and I want, you know, um, sleep watch to come in second. Now, okay, so that's why. That's why, because basically, if Apple gets a straight number from what I think, I think, if Apple gets a straight number, if health gets a straight number from one of these, that's the one that it uses. If there are areas, I think, where it's spotty or incomplete or it's not sure what to do, it has a way of having a fallback. Mm-hmm. like a, a way, way, way fallback in some cases. But that's why, that's why that happens is because it is, you are getting to choose uh, which one should win. And okay, so two things here. First of all, it's always two things with me. First of all, I think a lot of people probably don't know you can do this, that you can go in and there's a link in notes from the Apple website about how to do this. I'm guessing a lot of people didn't know how this worked and how they could alter it. So um, I just, I think that that's, that's a good thing to know. And uh, what was the second thing? And uh, and the second thing is like, I forget what the second thing was, Dan. What was the second thing? I don't know. There's always two Did things I have a second with you. Thing? It's always two things with me. So there must be another thing. You got the ability to change that. See, it's going to drive me crazy because when I hear it back, I'm going to know. Oh, you'll uh, know as soon as we stop recording. Oh, this is super frustrating because it's not something that people could know. Oh, and, and B, because it does help explain this phenomenon, I think. This is why you don't get 70,000 steps. I've never known why or whatever. So if you're running pedometer um, underscore David Smith's pedometer app, if you're running different pedometer app, you're running all these different things. Okay, how does it know? So here's a really obvious one. Let's say you're just you're just running uh, running bareback. You're raw dog. Oh, right? yeah. you're, you're going commando. Commando, yeah. And, and you've got, let's say, uh, an Apple Watch and an iPhone. Well, have you ever thought about that? Like your watch is tracking movement mm-hmm. and stuff. So is your phone. And so is your phone. Like, have you never wondered up till now, like which one can or should win? Well, you can go and alter that if you want. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's sensible to say, like, I want this to win over that. And you might find like so many different devices under here that it's really confusing, but you can, you can pick the one that you, uh, that you uh, choose to win and I think I'm just about done, except for, oh, there was one other thing, because it's always two and a half things with me. Uh, it's a really 
Good thing. Oh, yes. Mm. Here's the other thing. According to that article on which I will click now. This is a, it's called a page called uh, manage health data. I think this is good to know. Even if you knew all that, did you know this little asterisk here? If multiple sources contribute the same data type, then the data source at the top will take priority over other sources, right? So that's what you just learned. No, 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 no. But also, any new apps or devices that you add go to the top of the list automatically above your iPhone or iPod Touch, which I think is great to know. So if you've decided to start diddling with this stuff and you've got a longtime favorite data source for a given health metric, and you like add five more on there, my sense is that those will pop in priority over the one that you've been using in the past. And I think that's a good thing to know. Mm -hmm. This was excruciating, Dan, but I hope it's helped someone. It's not excruciating. I think it's very helpful. Well, I just want people to be happy. You have anything you want to promote? No, not yet. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling better? Yeah, I feel fine. You still, you still mad about Windows? A little bit? No, I'm not mad about it. I you're just, mad. and you're, you know, you're all just of this is you're just to see if I can even use it for the thing that I want to use it for. If not, yeah. it'll be a great Linux server. Yeah, it's, it's the year of Linux on the Windows box. No, I'll just reformat the thing and put Linux I on I know, it. I haven't even sent out my cards. <laughs> Linus, they call him Linus. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine correcting somebody that calls you Linus and saying, no, it's actually Linus? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually it's pronounced fallopian tube <clears throat> wow dan um boy it's been a blockbuster episode it's going to be the one that goes into the five by five trophy case we've had three great sponsors and we covered a lot of ground and we've learned how to rejigger our health so why don't we button this up i would love to button this up okay i love you love you too merlin man